This episode of Brahma Breakdown is brought to you by Eddie Rosario. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Bomba Breakdown. Certainly, it's been a minute. Um, I feel like me and Malcolm keep saying, um, you know, it shouldn't be too long. Hopefully, we can get a regular schedule going. But really, this time, hopefully we can. No promises, though, unfortunately. We really do love making this content. Talking baseball is like what me and Malcolm seem to do best. But um, unfortunately, it's just hard to find time. This year has been pretty busy. Um, But yeah, as for like where everything else is i mean hey in minneapolis it it snowed a little bit i don't know if you would call that snow yeah. but there was white snow were, falling from the sky there were flakes. flakes i don't know if it was officially snow but it, there were flakes sleet like snow like it, it was it was 40 so it was kind of hard to it melted on contact but yes yes yeah it ended up just being a little bit of moisture on on the ground but it was let's count it our first our first snowfall um yeah it is november 1st so I don't know, man. It's yeah, it's time. been a while. It's about time baseball season's wrapping up. We got the World Series going on right now. It's the day off between games five and six. Um, Atlanta currently is three to two going back to Houston. And we'll see if they can close it down or if Houston's going to take a couple at home and win the series. Um, but, yeah, it's the end of baseball season. We're starting to hit the long, cold winter. And so we got to get the hot stove fired up, start talking about that a little bit. We're going to get more into that next week. Right now, I think, is the time for reminiscing on this past year, trying to pick out the good moments out of the bad and sort out what we think really think happened this year and what it means for next year. Um, yeah, uh, for sure. And just to touch on what you said about the world series, not it's again, Braves up three, two, uh, game six tomorrow, game seven on when Wednesday, I believe. And then one, I think really big thing to point out, Eddie Rosario, um, twins, let him go. Um, uh, you know, because right decision. Had, right decision. I agree. He had a pretty crappy regular season too, and it's. I, I love the guy, but he just wasn't as good as as um, people kind of make him out to be. But he won the NLCS MVP against the Dodgers. He is the reason because that you know it was it was a pretty a very close series. Dodgers are a really good team, and he was um, a very, very big reason as to why the Braves are in the world series, um, and have a very good chance to win it too. Yeah. If they win, I bet he's the world series MVP. Um, he's had an incredible run. Um, and it's, it's fun to see him doing great stuff. He still is Eddie Rosario. He let a ball fall in front of him to break up a no hitter the other day. It was the only hit in the game. For the- <laughs> um, he just stopped and the ball landed in front of him. So he's still Eddie Rosario still made a boneheaded throw the other day, tried to like barehand the ball and throw behind her in a second and almost let the guy advance. He threw it away. But it's fun to see him succeeding because he's someone who just loves playing baseball and the smile on his face. Is, it makes me happy. Yeah, um, just a really great guy. But we should definitely get into more about, you know, I guess I don't, it's kind of hard to get into the Twins season because the Twins finished as the worst team in the AL Central, one game back of the Kansas City Royals and 20 of the first place Chicago White Sox, who I'm proud to say had a first-round exit. Yeah, um, it was awesome, awesome stuff. Um, it wasn't even like a that close of a series or anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was just a bad year overall. Yeah, um, really just disappointing. Um, from all perspectives, if we look at our preseason predictions, I think of the Twins winning like I don't remember exactly. It was like ninety nine, one hundred, one hundred one games, and we were well, well off that pace. Um, yeah, like Max said, final standings, we won seventy three games, I believe it was. Yeah, 73 and 89, um, just not what we expected. Uh, and it wasn't like that was just like – it was certainly some tough losses, but it ended up being a negative 105 run differential, which would suggest about a 71-91 record, which is actually worse than our record showed. So you can't even say we got really unlucky because, well, a lot of things went wrong for us. That was We played as well as our record showed and even maybe a little bit worse. Exactly. You know, injuries plagued us, but, it's, you know, injuries plagued everybody. It's you can't really can't really sit here and say that the reason we played as we did is because of injuries. 
Um, and I think I'm going to try to focus on the positives. You know, what can we build into next year? Can we be a playoff contender next year? Can we be close at least? Is there a shot at the World Series if we be very, very aggressive this offseason and um, everything goes right next season? But, again, you look at the, like, Atlanta Braves and, you know, they're in the World Series, a very good spot to win it. And they, you know, as of, like, August or something, it really did not look like they'd, like they'd make it. Um, but, yeah, let's look at some highs and some lows, of course, of the twin season. Yeah, I'm with you, Max. Um, I'm going to focus more on the highs and the lows, which is something we tend to do on this podcast. We try to be optimistic. But for me, there's no point looking back. We can find a thousand reasons that things went wrong this year for the Twins. There's so many things that didn't go the way we planned them to or didn't the way we didn't, not the way we thought they would go or not the way Derek Felby and Thad Levine thought they would go. But you could do that all day, and that's not really fun. That's not what we're here for. We're here to enjoy the fact that after only 60 games season the year before, we got to have 162 games with fans in the stands, and we're going to do it again next year and just – we can be grateful for that and look back on the fun moments because despite all the struggles, it was still really fun to watch season twins baseball, Max. Exactly. Um, and yeah, Malcolm, I hate to interrupt, but I just got a hundred percent on a very, very important essay. Ooh, let's so now go, I'm Max. In a good, now I'm in a good mood getting an in that class and I'm, and I'm in a good mood to discuss some good things about this twins. Very bad season. Um, all right. Max so had to get that brag in there. I, I did. I did have to get that brag in there. Um, I think, Overall, I think it's kind of obvious who one of the main Twins highs was, and that's Jorge Polanco. The guy posted an 826 OPS in 152 games. He played a lot of games. Um, he had 33 homers, 98 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, a 269 average, um, 45 walks, 118 strikeouts, OBP at 323, 503 slugging. Again, that 826 OPS. And his, his uh, feeling improved a lot, I think. Um, moving him over to second, playing him there a lot, he seemed to be getting used to it. I mean, there were some struggles, but again, it's he was never known for being this amazing defensive player. And he had an all-star-like season. Well, I, while, um, you know, the first half wasn't as good, you know, he really was on an absolute tear. One of the best second basemen through the second half. It was a really good um, second half of the season for Jorge Polanco. And again, I'd say that's probably the high of the season for the Twins. Um, since you bring up Jorge Polanco, Max, I'm asking a follow-up question right away. Something we can talk more about throughout the winter. But do you think that the Twins should move back to shortstop or take him at second base next year? Because Simmons is gone. Uh, there's a lot of good free agent shortstops out there, but almost all of them are going to command big three, four-year deals. And with Royce Lewis waiting in the wings as the potential future shortstop, do you move Jorge Polanco back to shortstop for a year or do you keep him at second base where you're successful? It's tough. I mean, you could have like Lu- you could put like Luis Arias at second and play Polanco at short and have that be good for the time being and maybe sign some free agent to be like a utility guy. Um, you could, you could, I don't know. I mean, you could, but I really, I was always into like Carlos Correa before this season. And then he had like an MVP caliber season. I don't know if we can actually like afford him or if we'll want to afford him just because it's the Twins. Um, but yeah, I think signing a shortstop, a big short, big name shortstop to like a one, maybe a two year deal. And then, um, or maybe like a one with like a, a one year with like a club option option for a second year, depending on how like Royce Lewis progresses, whatever we'll see. But I, at the moment, I'd say, I'd say signing a big name and putting Polanco at second, just because I feel like there's like recency bias there just because Royce Lewis is like injured this entire season didn't do much the year before. So it was kind of just like, maybe it's just me being pessimistic with Royce Lewis. I still think he's going to be a good player. It's just the way he's progressed is just so frustrating. I don't know. I certainly see where you're at, but for me, I don't think now is the time to go make a big splash on a player. Certainly with Josh Dallas Kutchuk in the books, I know the Twins have the money to spend on this, and everyone knows that, but the Twins aren't going to spend that much money this offseason. And if we're going to be spending money this offseason and we want to compete next year, um, we're going to have to just hope the offense do what they did this year and really put a bunch of money in the pitching staff because we're going to need a lot of help there. Um, everything that could have gone wrong this year in the bullpen went wrong, I'd say, with the exception of Taylor Rogers until he got hurt. He had the year we were hoping for, and then he got injured, so even that went wrong. So I would say for me, I don't want to go sign a big-name shortstop. I would be um, certainly willing to consider getting – I wouldn't want to get Angel Simmons back. I'm kind of worried there's going to be people saying, oh, it's just bring Angel Simmons back again. Do not want that. Did not enjoy watching Angel Simmons play baseball. I thought I would love his defense. I enjoyed his defense, but the offense just 
too miserable that I couldn't appreciate the defense. And I'd be down, though, to go get a veteran shortstop who can play a good shortstop. And some days, move Polanco back and forth between shortstop and second. He'll play second half the time, shortstop half the time. And then you get Nick Gordon some reps at shortstop and then wait for Royce Lewis to be ready because I'm betting Royce Lewis is up by a little after the All-Star break this year at shortstop. I know he missed the whole year this year. I know he wasn't great the year before. But that kid's got a lot of talent, and I'm excited to see what he can do. All right. Answer me this, Malcolm. How would you feel about a Javi Baez deal? Now, I know he's a really big name, but I think – I don't know how much he'd be looking for just because um, – how good of a season did he have? He had a poor offensive season with a great defense, which is kind of what you expect from Baez. And I'm not sure about Baez because he's going to be great defensively, and we know that, which would be really awesome to have. Um, but he could very well be the abysmal offensive player that Andrew Simmons was. He's got more power than Simmons, yes. But he has so much swing and miss in his game. Um, he could very easily get um, like 150 strikeouts, Miguel Sano level. Um, and that's not to say I'm ruling out Baez. I would actually kind of like that, but that's kind of like a buy low deal where like if there's if the market's low on Baez because of all the other shortstops, you can maybe get him for below market price or definitely below what you would get in a normal year, and then it might be worth it. But yeah. for me, it has to be a good deal because I just – I'm not buying that. Baez is already struggling, and that's – he's someone with poor plate discipline who relies on his hands to get to a lot of stuff, which is not going to age well. So if you're signing him to a four- or five-year deal, you're signing him purely for the defense and only a slight bit of offense. And so you're going to need to count on getting something cheaper than $20, 25000000 Yeah, and um, so here – I'll raise you some players because shortstops are really stacked position for free agents. We've got Marcus Simeon. Trevor Story, Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Javi Baez, Aaron Simmons, Eric Adrianza, who used to be a twin, but um, I don't think he could be our starting shortstop unless we no, really had every, everywhere not. else really well-rounded. But is there any anybody else there that, you know, jumps off the page as far as, you know, instead as like an option? Is there anybody – I guess if you had to choose one from that list to sign next year, who would you choose? I mean, I... obviously you choose the big names, but like that would be the most realistic. Uh, I don't remember exactly who you listed. I didn't hear oh, his okay. name in there, but I look at the MLB.com like upcoming free agents list. I'm seeing Jose Iglesias, who um, very similar to Anderson Simmons, uh, great defensively, not great offensively, um, but he had a much better season than Simmons did this year. Um, and that's not to say he couldn't fall apart next year, but I'd be interested in seeing that as like a cheap deal as a defensive shortstop. Um, otherwise, I'm not really. For me, shortstop's not the place we go out out of the club for. I'd say we stay in-house with that one for the most part, unless we can get a good deal on one of those defensive shortstops. Even then, like, stick with what we got, use my address of pitching, is my opinion as of right now. But I could very well change that by the next 30 minutes. Um, yeah, and again, this is all, like, this is all, like, recency-based for me. Uh, again, Carlos Correa. I said Carlos Correa because – He's popping off in the World Series, and I, that'd be amazing. Or not in the World Series, just the playoffs overall. It'd be amazing for us to, like, you know, pick him up. And, again, that's just probably me. But, I mean, hey. I mean, I think everybody thinks it'd be awesome. It's just I don't know how realistic it, it is. But, overall, we have a problem at shortstop. We've got some problems in the outfield with Larnick and Kirilov both not playing the entire season. Larnick got sent down to AAA partway through the season because he was really having some struggles. Yeah, he showed some glimpses of really, really professional hitting. But the other parts were just, you know, meh. And so he got sent down, and I think he got injured, so he didn't finish out the year actually playing. And then Kirilov um, had a season-ending wrist or hand or something, I want to say. It was a wrist. Wrist. Broken wrist. Um, Broken wrist. And so he was out for the rest of the year. And so, I mean, we just – the rookies – it was just a really underwhelming – they performed all right, but I think it was just an underwhelming year in the sense that they didn't play as much as we would have wanted them to, and their performances weren't, like, jumping off the play, off the page, whereas, like, me and Malcolm were thinking, hey, potential, you know, rookie of the years. But that didn't happen. I don't know. I really liked what I saw from Kirloff. I saw glimpses of what Larnett could be. I really liked it. I felt like the theme of not playing enough was true of every single Twins outfield this year. No Twins outfield played as many games we liked them to, except for Rob Refsnyder, who played about 50 more games than I would have liked him to. Coming into the year, I was hoping Rob Refsnyder would get into zero games in total. No hate on Rob Refsnyder. He's a great player. Um, great guy. Just he's not Byron Buxton or Max Kepler or Alex Kirloff or Trevor Larnick or Luis Arise. Pretty much the only people I want to see in Twins outfield last year. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think Rob Refsnyder, like, 
you saw what he did at the beginning of the season and it was like, whoa, I mean, this guy deserves some playing time. And then you see what, saw what he did at the end of the season. And I really like Rob Refsnyder, um, but you saw what he did at like, the end of the season there and it's just like, no, we can't really know. I mean, just – There's a reason just, he's a minor league journeyman. Yep, yep, exactly. And he's, he's a really fun player. I like to watch him play, but he's not a realistic starting player for, the, for a team who has um, playoff – hopes next year i again i hope that they have play at least some sort of playoff for successful hopes um so yeah we've talked about this for a while now i think we should get into the thing we really want to talk about we talked about this last season i think we want to go over awards max vote on some twins awards and look at our predictions for um awards coming into the year before the year me and max predicted the twins mvp twins cy young twins rookie of the year twins reliever of the year um twins gold glove twins batting title and twins home run leader and having not chosen our picks before this, we're going to now go in and name the award winners um, that we feel like deserve the award. And then we'll talk about who we had as our predictions for it. Yeah. Um, so I'll start, I'll start this one off. And for MVP, Malcolm had Byron Buxton. And I have the bringer of rain, Josh Donaldson. And um, now I'm, I'm going to say I won that. I, that's, no, that's, that's bold. No, no, That's no, no, no. Hold, on. hold on. Okay, Malcolm, Malcolm, hear me out. Byron Buxton was a better player, without a doubt. He played better, but he played 61 games. I know you're going to say maybe his, I don't know what the wars compared out to be there, but Josh Donaldson, as a third baseman, was he overall had better stats than Jorge Polanco. On, on paper, his stats were similar, if not – or okay, they were, they were comparable. Okay, I don't know if they were better. But they were very close to Jorge Polanco, who's gotten all this hype for being, um, you know, the MVP of the Twins season. But while you may disagree, Byron Buxton obviously played better. I think Josh Donaldson brought more value to the team playing over twice as many games, having um, – I don't know how many more at-bats – I overall thought he was more valuable valuable of a player. While that may be bold and very biased. I think you're being way too finicky about the most valuable player wording. It's just a way of saying the best player. And the best player of the Twins this year is Byron Buxton. He put up the most war. He was the most effective in the time he played. Yes, he was hurt, but he was still, even in the short time, accumulated more value than Jorge Polanco did over 152 games and only 61 games. I think I'm only playing 61 games. It's not great. That leaves 101 games for other players to accumulate value in your place. That's 101 games where Nick Gordon can be being a positive player. Also, and then you add that. So Byron Buxton doing it in less games is a source of value to the team. Obviously, we'd rather have him do what he was doing in 61 games over 162 games. But absent that, for me, most valuable player is who did the most to contribute to the team winning this year, and that was Byron Buxton. Did the most to contribute to wins and help the team win this year. I think he was the best, um, but I certainly can see the argument for Jorge Polanco. I do think it's impressive, Max, though, that we had two of the top three as our picks before the year. I want to give us some credit for that. It's not super yeah. impressive, but good for us. And, again, I, I don't disagree. I think also with MVP, it's not just on – it's kind of weird because I feel like I've always thought of MVP as most valuable to the team overall on the field and, like, a little bit off the field. Hmm. Um, and that may not be what the award is really about because, it's again, it's how good they played. And Buxton may have been the better player, but I overall think that the overall like amount of success, efficiency, and like value that um, Josh Donaldson brought to the team, I don't know. It was, I think it was pretty close at least. But um, and if Buck has a regular season, it's not even close. If Buck played a hundred games, it wouldn't even wouldn't even have been close. Um, but Josh Donaldson played a solid um, third base. I don't know. All right. I mean, it's defensible. I think you're just doing that because you want to be right. But I definitely am. Oh, oh, I definitely. I would am. go Bucks and Polanco Donaldson as my rankings of top three Twins MVP belt. Which oh, wait, is the really we talking right one. now about who we think? Uh, I was just saying, saying who won out of us two because I think but I think Polanco was more valuable than Donaldson. I'm saying okay, yeah, out of us two, I think we talk was... about who won out of us two. But I think mm-hmm. you just say who you think won for real. Too. Yeah, I think Polanco won for real. All right, yeah. That's certainly, like, I can't argue with Polanco winning. I can argue with Donaldson winning, though. Yeah. Anyways, on the next one, we've got the Cy Young Award. Twin Cy Young Award. This is a really tough one to pick this year. Did not pan out nearly as well as we thought it would. But looking at it, the two 
guys who led the Twins in pitching war were our two picks. Now, it is not if you would have asked if these two guys had been the Twins leaders in pitching war, I would not have said yes before looking at leaderboard now. But they were actually the best pitchers of the Twins, according really? to Fangraphs. And they were the two guys we picked, Jose Brios and Kenta Maeda. Uh, Maeda pitched pretty well um, and then got shut down with Tommy John surgery. Wasn't as good as the year before, certainly. We didn't expect him to be that good, but it was honestly disappointing. A 4-6-6 ERA was 6-5 and five, 106 in the third innings. But in the current baseball climate, it's not awful, awful. And compared to what the rest of the Twins had this year, that was actually pretty good. Um, and then the winner was Jose Brios, who I picked because obviously I'm always right. Um, even though he got traded at the trade deadline. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nah, 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 nah. Wait a second. Are you talking about before the year you picked him? Yeah. No. Oh, wait, no, you this. picked him. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> Damn. I <laughs> looked the wrong way. Damn. Um, all right. I take back everything I said. Kent Murray was clearly the better pitcher this year. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. Max wins this one. Rios, even though he got traded at the trade deadline, um, had um, more war than the other Twins pitcher by a good margin, almost a full point of war over the next closest, and threw 121 and two-thirds innings to actually lead the team, again, despite getting traded at the trade deadline. Um, had a 3-4 ERA. This was honestly the year we were hoping for from Jose Brios. For a while, we've been saying like he could be I, – I thought he could be even better, but like he was a Cy Young contender up to the point where he got traded from the Twins. And he actually didn't pitch as well at Toronto, but he was pitching really well. And it was kind of all coming together for a while there for Jose Brios. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, you know, I think I always have to be right, Malcolm. You know that. And, <laughs> and I'm while, while looking back at that pick – I definitely was wrong about Bringer of Rain over Buxton. It was just a heat of the moment. I chose Bringer of Rain. It was Bringer of Rain. Um, but here, here, I think it was an, an unbiased opinion would be Jose Brios was the more valuable pitcher. Um, he did well with that sound as well with the Blue Jays for whatever reason. You know? but, um, but yeah, overall, I think Brios was very good. And Kenta Maeda, speaking of which, Malcolm, do you think his career with the Twins is over? He signed through next year, but he's, he might not even play next year. He might not. Um, I think he'll come back just because you'll be able to get him a cheaper deal because he'll be coming off of missing a year and a half. It's not like it's going to be a huge market for him. I think that um, it could very likely happen the Twins re-sign him to another deal, probably like another two, three years at like $10 million-ish per year, 10 to 12 which would be more than paying him right now, but not certainly not unreasonable for a starter of his uh, caliber, even coming off a couple years of injury. Yeah, um, and so next we have Rookie of the Year. Now, this one is really weird. Hang on, Max. Before we move yep. on, um, any other pitchers you want to shout out? Ooh, if we're oh doing, gosh. like, top three, we went Brios, Maeda's one, two. Who would you have as your third? Because I could go a lot of different ways this. I'm not exactly Ooh. sure. Well, it's weird. You could even go as far as, as to say, like, a guy like, I don't know, there's, like – for the starting pitchers, there was, like, Pineda Ober was, uh, was solid – it's really weird. I'm on the it, fence between two guys here right now, Max. And yeah, I'm curious who you got. It's, I'm debating. I'm th- leaning towards Bailey Ober right now, I think. Yeah, He's a starting pitcher. He came up midway through the year, but he pitched better than I could have ever expected. Mm-hmm. A 4-1-9 ERA is really good for a starting pitcher in the current day. Certainly a rookie um, getting his first taste of big leagues. Um, and the other guy I went with pitched even way fewer innings, only through 40 and 30 innings. He was a reliever. Taylor Rogers, until he got hurt, was pitching really well. 3-3-5 ERA. Um, struck out 13, uh, over 13 batters per nine innings, which is ridiculous. He was dominant and really fun to watch. Uh, but then he got hurt and got shut down. And if he would have pitched a full season, I'm sure I would have had him in the third spot here, maybe even the second spot. But I think I might have to go over as my third. Without, I think, I think over without a doubt. Um, I mean, I think if Taylor did what his brother Tyler was doing during that season, he, he had a solid chance, but uh, yeah, Obro was just really solid, man. For a rookie, he comes up and he again posts a four one nine ERA. I was really happy with his velocity. I mean, you would originally I was disappointed. It's like, dude, you're six nine, you throw like ninety two ninety three. Well, he hit ninety five a couple times. I'm sure he can sit there more consistently, hit like ninety four ninety five next year as he works on that with like you know big league coaches. He's only twenty six years old. Um, and I, mean, I don't know. I was just a very pleasant surprise. And I think that his control was just so, so solid. He also lands 
closer to the plate than most other pitchers because he has such a long, you know, he's six nine. He has such long legs. And um, so that's very intimidating for plays, but it also, it gets the ball there quicker. And so overall, Bailey Ober, huge positive for the Twins this year. And I think he's almost, he's all but locked a spot in next year's rotation. Yeah, um, I'd say it's certainly true. And there's an argument to me, just be the opening day starter next year with my eight out, Rios gone. Um, Ober was the next best starting pitcher over the past year, and you could very easily see him being the guy. Um, all right, next one we got is reliever of the year. And I would say I was wrong on this. I wasn't too far off, but I certainly – Max had the right answer here um, by a long shot. Taylor Rogers was the Twins reliever of the year. I don't think it's even close. But my pick of Jorge Alcala, I would say, is probably like third or fourth. Um, had a good year. Not everything we hoped it would be from him. Uh, just inconsistent still. I was He had been inconsistent his rookie year, and then we were hoping he could start to find this. He got a little bit more experience. He was still just like – he took flashes of brilliance, but he doesn't get nearly enough swings and misses for someone with his velocity and movement. Like, I don't get how guys hit him as much as they do, but he's still got a lot of talent. I can see him having an even better year next year, but for this year, Max takes that one. Um, I appreciate that, Malcolm. Um, and so, Alcala, I don't know, big problem was the homers. He didn't walk that, that many guys. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Um, for a guy, again, who throws as hard as he does, his velocity was awesome. I, it was awesome. He had triple digits. Awesome. His control wasn't terrible. Awesome. Perfect. Again, it's not going to be amazing because he throws that hard. Um, but he has those ups. He's he's 24. I mean, Rodgers is – he's going to be 31, I think, for next season. And Alcala is going to be twenty, still 24 for uh, for next season. So – I don't know. I, Alcala was really not bad. 3.92 ERA in 59 games. He also had a whip of 0.972. Again, it was that long ball that really hurt him. It really, uh, but yeah, again, like you said, I feel like he would get a lot more swings and misses. His pitches were really solid. It was just, there was a lot of contact off of him. And I'm not sure why. Um, maybe something with sprint rate, something, something else that he can work on over this offseason. And I think, um, I think he has a decent shot to be a better better reliever than Taylor Rogers this next year, but this year uh, Taylor Taylor wins it. AKA I win it. I, Another guy I want to shout out that had a really great year that we did not see coming at all. We intentionally didn't draft him. I think it's Caleb Dealbar. Dealbar. He had a yes. good year in twenty twenty, but it was a shortened season. We were like, I don't think it's gonna hold up. Like he throws like he tops at like ninety ninety one with a big like sixty nine mile hour curveball, um, just loops in there, and I was like, I mean like it's going to mix it up on people. They're going to have a hard time hitting it, but someday they're, somehow they're going to learn to hit it. And they just didn't this year. Um, he had a 3.23 ERA in 64 innings pitched, uh, struck out over 10 batters per nine innings. And you know what his win loss record was this year, Max? Who, Caleb Thielbar? Caleb Thielbar. Oh man, I have. Win loss record like, doesn't really matter for relievers. I'm going to say like, like five and now I'm going to be bold. He was seven and zero this year. Seven. Doesn't really matter for relievers, but that's just kind of cool. That's really cool. Like, that's just, I don't know. Shout out to Caleb Dealbar. Yeah. He's a really great story. He almost, he quit baseball, went to coach baseball before the 2020 season. Twins called him up, like, yo, we need more relievers. You can come to spring training with us. And all of a sudden, he was with the big league club and pitching key innings for a playoff team. And this year was yeah. probably our yeah. second most reliable guy throughout the year. The 34 year old Minnesota native topped out at 93. Maybe 94, but I think it was like 93, which is that'll play. I mean, that'll definitely play, yeah, especially with his really nice curveball, his really nice control. He got a lot of swings and misses, uh, 64 innings, 77 strikeouts. Um, I mean, that was he was he pitched a lot and he pitched really well in the innings he pitched. So, good job, Caleb. Yeah, uh, just one more name I want to shout out Cody Stashak. did not have a good year this year, but he's my early pick for next year. I'm um, just going to surprise some people after having shaky this year. He's a really good pitcher. I think he's going to bounce back. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to take a break now because I need to get a drink of water um, and go to the bathroom. So we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back with the rest of these awards and some talk about the offseason. All right. Welcome back to the next segment of Bomba Breakdown. We will get right into it, starting with some more awards. Uh, for Gold Glove at the beginning of the year, uh, Malcolm picked, and I quote, the fastest man in baseball, Byron Buxton. I chose Anderson Simmons. And it's this is weird because there's Gold Glove and there's like most valuable glove. I think Simmons 
had probably the higher defensive war and like had the, you know, this is just a guess, um, the, you know, outs above average and all that and whatnot. But I think Byron Buxton was just like a better defensive player when he was on the field, just because he makes plays that nobody else can make. And Simmons is like rivaled. So, you know, I think this one's kind of up in the air. Yeah. You can go either way on this. Uh, Simmons probably accumulated more value over the course of the year. Though according to this, uh, according to Fangrass, Buxton had more defensive runs saved. And Simmons is actually third on the team in defensive runs saved. Or I don't know if it's defensive runs saved. Defensive value or something. I'm not sure exactly how to calculate it on Fangrass here. But do you know who is second? Uh, oh, man. I'm going to do a couple of guesses. Josh Donaldson's one of my guesses. Not Donaldson. He was fairly low. Kepler is another one of my guesses. Um, No, it is not Max Kepler. Not Max Kepler. Kepler's a really underrated defensive right fielder. Just saying. He is. Um, wow. If it's not them, <laughs> I don't want to say Sano because I feel like he was not that good, but he was also like, all right. No, you're um, not going to get this one. Is Ben Rortvet. Okay, okay, okay. He's insane, but I definitely would not have guessed that. Yeah, no. Just respect Ben Rortvet. He's really good defensively. He's got one of the best Defensive catchers are val- more valuable than they get credit for. Yeah. He's got one of the best arms for a catcher in the American League. If he can turn his hitting around, oh, man. Yeah, he could be a great as a lefty to be the the strong half of a platoon. That's so valuable. Even like the weak half, just play every so often against righties. Garver gets to hit against every lefty. Um, you could get rid of Garver or Jeffers and still have a great catching setup. And that's both Garver and Jeffers are both really really good. So yeah, I feel like we could get some value for Jeffers too because he's like pretty young and he's got a lot of potential. And I think if we had Garver and Rortvet and you know obviously the goal will the studio, yeah, um, obviously. I think that'd be pretty solid. So um, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna. All right. I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna leave that at a tie because I don't want to be too biased and say Simba, but it's also like, um, he played for longer. But I'm gonna. I'm honestly yeah. gonna go with Buxton for this one just because he had you know higher DRS and so. All right. Uh, now we got the batting title, um, which this one's also a little contested, because um, I picked Lisa Rice, the sprinkler, and Max picked Jorge Polanco, and the reason it's questionable is because, um, Jorge Polanco was the only twin I believe who actually qualified for the batting title. Donaldson might have two, but. Polanco led qualif- guys who qualified for the batting title in batting average. But the highest batting average of the team was actually Byron Buxton, 61 games. And the next highest was Luisa Rise um, and Nelson Cruz tied. But actually, they were in much less games. Actually, Bailey Ober had two at bats, one hit. Okay, sorry. Bailey Ober led the Twins in batting average among unqualified players. Thank you. Um, my point is, Luisa Rise had 294 batting average in 121 games, which is very, very good. And if he would have played as many games as Jorge Polanco, even if he would have struggled in those games, would not have dropped below a 269 average. So I think I had the better um, batting average player, but if it was actually for the batting title, Jorge Polanco is the twin who would have won the Twins batting title. So that's another one that's kind of up in the air. One that seems like it would be cut and dry was not. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to put Luis Suarez for this one just because it was a 30-game difference, which is not the entire world, and it was also like a 30-point difference. And um, so I'm going to, you know, Polanco is definitely more valuable over the season, but I think Luis Arise, um, I think Luis Arise was, wins the batting title this year for the Twins. All right. And then the home run leader. Neither of us picked the right one. Um, the winner of the home run title was Jorge Polanco uh, with 33, but Max comes in second here. Um, though I, obviously. Yeah, obviously. He had, his guy hit more home runs to Twins, but I believe on the season my player hit more home runs. I picked okay. Nelson Cruz, who got traded. But I think that Nelson Cruz in total might have hit more home runs than Snow. I'm checking on this right it. now. Um, he hit 19. Snow, Cruz only hit 19 with the Twins. Snow hit 30. But in his time with the Rays. Oh, no. He got 32. Gosh. He got the 32. So, I'll give that one to you. I'm going to give that one to you. You know what? We're going to say it's up in the air again. Because we can't really pick a winner in any of these categories. So there you have it, guys. Yeah. yeah. With two to three winners in each category, there's your 2021 Twins Awards. <laughs> Um, despite being a terrible year, we still couldn't even decide who the best players were because <laughs> um, that's just how it goes. We're not good at making choices. We just like to name everyone because they're all awesome. We love them all so much. Um, so anyways, that's our Twins Awards. We did a few other prediction things before the year, and like we did like a draft of the player. We did like a War League draft. I don't know if any of you remember that. We like drafted players. I kind of want to go back and find the episode and listen to see who we had, to see who won, because neither of us can find where we wrote down who picked who, um, which is a little concerning, but Anyways, I think I won that. Max thinks he won that because obviously. And I, we, I'm just going to say, talk to the audience. You guys really know that I won it. In your hearts, you know that I'm the better baseball analyst. 
I just don't <laughs> that's misinformation. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're gonna talk a little bit now about what we think the next off season's gonna look like for the twins. Um what we think we need to address. We're not gonna get specific players. We'll do a couple weeks of I think free agency and trade previews. Guys then could leave, guys then could come in. But more in general, what needs to be addressed with twins this offseason? Um not only on the field but off the field. Managers, front office, coaching staff and clubhouse chemistry all that stuff what do you think twins need to do this offseason max well um for the coaches just a real quick touch up i'm pretty sure the twins signed a hitting coach um they moved their hitting coach to the minors i know the minors was it their bench coach or something they did something anyways you're probably right um see (laughs) the in-depth awesome analyst max boston right here um but yeah uh right now i think it's the rotation and the bullpen i think that's pretty obvious uh, the Twins are rocking. Kenta Maeda, who's not going to pitch next year, at least for most of it. They got Michael Pineda, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks, John Pineda's Gantz. actually a free agent, isn't he? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or, er, hold on. Is he? I think we have to re-sign him if we want him back. I thought he was with us for next uh, season. Am I wrong? I don't know, to be honest. I am I, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent, yeah. Yeah, he's a free agent. So, if we if the Twins want to sign him, Pineda is a good option, but again, it's we've got Joe Ryan, John Gant, Griffin, Jacks, Bailey Ober, Kent Maeda, and then Lewis Thorpe, Randy Dobnak, who are Maeda, Dobnak, and Thorpe are all injured. So here's the thing: Joe Ryan saw really good flashes of him. Love Joe. We got him. We, it was uh, Joe Ryan for it was Joe Ryan and Drew Ryan. This is Drew Stratman for Nelson Cruz. I think the Twins overall have won that. I mean, Nelson Cruz performed not quite as good with the Rays, and Joe Ryan pitched really well. I was at his major league debut. Um, I'm gonna say that right now. So if you again, Max just on, feels like that. flexing this episode. I'm flexing. I'm. What is what is with me today? <laughs> um, but yeah, either way, Joe Ryan. Um, I think could be in the starting rotation next year. Should be potentially Bailey Ober is again all but locked it. Who else, Malcolm? Who do you want to see? Um. I think Ryan Ober or Clear Locks. Um, I'm blanking on names right now, which is not good, considering that my job is to like talk about the Twins right now. Dobnak, Thorpe. I've, I think I've that Dobnak will be coming back, and he could be a fifth spot in the rotation guy, but I don't know. I think I feel like Naib's and confident we're going to re-sign Pineda, and I would really love that. I think Pineda's better than what he showed this year. He struggled through injuries and stuff, but he's a really great pitcher. We know that. Um... It's tough right now, man. You got to go out and sign some guys because it's just the rotation right now isn't it. I'm trying to load up a page right now, so I'm starting to stall for time. Yeah, um, I got you. Here we go. How's Pitchers, <laughs> how are you all doing? We're going to crowdsource this one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys I like, I think Lewis Thorpe has something, but I don't know what it is, to be honest. Like, it's just a lot of question marks, man. So many question he, marks. I don't even know where to go with this. Yeah, he – well, the thing is, Lewis Thorpe was a really highly um, – a really highly anticipated prospect for the Twins for a little bit. And then he really got kind of like – as this is his words, not mine. He got really lazy over the 2020 season. Um, and then he worked really hard this past offseason. And it kind of showed in the spring training in the beginning half of the year. And then things didn't really work out. So it was kind of like, eh. Um, and now – there are lots of questions. Do we sign a free agent? There are a lot of free agents starting pitchers this year. And um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. There are a lot of guys the Twins could sign. Yeah. Um, the guy I was trying to think of before that I couldn't remember was Griffin Jacks. Griffin Jacks would be in the rotation Griffin next Jackson. year. He was a rookie. Yeah. He had a 6 3 7 year this year. Didn't pitch great. But I'm betting they'll pull him in the rotation next year and give him another shot. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a good thing. He's not the guy I necessarily want to see in the rotation, but I bet he will be. Yeah. Um, also, Max, how do you feel about re-signing Mac, Matt Shoemaker? No, I'm just kidding. Just seeing names <laughs> on the list here. Um, we're not bringing Saints back legend. Please, <laughs> please do not bring back yes, Matt Shoemaker. St. Paul Saints legend. <laughs> so I would say right now, if I had to put a five-man rotation out there, Ryan Ober, guys are on the team right now, Ryan Ober, Thorpe, Dobnak, Jax, Hoping to bring back Pineda, make another signing, and hopefully it'll be Dobnak's fifth starter with Ryan Ober, Pineda, and then whatever other free agent starting pitch we end up signing. Hopefully it goes better than the Shoemaker and Hap signings this year. 
Yeah, I'm really up in the air about Griffin Jacks. I don't know. He's going to be like 27. Uh, this is his rookie year. Um, so it's not like you're expecting the world, but a 6-3-7 ERA in 18 games. 23 homers in 82 innings. I mean, that was just – it was just really bad. Uh, I don't know. He really – he really was not what the Twins hoped this year, even though we weren't hoping for that much. I don't really like J- Griffin Jacks saying that this guy is going to be on our starting rotation next year. Well, I think he has talent and potential to be a solid fourth or fifth guy. Um, I think for now, I would rather the Twins went out and sign another guy because I think there should be a lot of focus on pitching next year. And we'll talk about that more next week, hopefully next week, um, on like guys that we think we should sign, guys that we think we should keep, um, and whatnot. Yeah, uh, sounds good to me. Um, anyways, we also need bullpen help. Um, we can get more into specifics, but basically guys we have coming back, Rogers, Duffy, Thielbar, Alcala, maybe Stashak. Um, You've got a pretty good bullpen coming back. We suffered a lot of injuries there, as, as with everywhere else this year. But less long-term ones. Rogers should be back to start next season as far as we know right now. But there's no guarantees that holds true. And then outside of that, there's some question marks. Um, not a great reliever market this year for the MLB, but we'll look into more specific names of guys that could work for the Twins. Um, and then the last but I want the Twins to address this year is just bring back Nelson Cruz, please. I'm just going to say please, Twins. It would make me hey, really happy, whoa, whoa, and you whoa. want me to be happy. With a cherry on top. Pretty please. With a Pretty on top. please with a cherry on top. Maybe it'll happen then. It's, we, we need him. We need him. Um, not even as much like his bat would be helpful, certainly. Yeah. But – just he's such a great guy to have around. He won the um, Nelson Cruz won the Roberto Clemente um, award, which is a great player on and off the field, um, and that makes me really happy for him. He deserves that so much. Just such a great guy, works crazy hard, is a great leader for his teammates. Um, the chemistry, as much as anything else, is a huge part of it. And he had a three point nine more this year as a forty one year old. I mean, that's like a legitimately like MVP candidate season almost. He's a DH only, but he's so good at DHing. He does that really well, and he just seems to get better every year, and it's kind of crazy. And two more years out in the majors, Nelson Cruz would very well be a 500-home run guy. Like, he's a future Hall of Famer if he just keeps doing what he's doing, and it doesn't seem like he's going to stop. Like, you keep thinking, like, he's got to slow down. He's got to slow down. He slowed down a little bit this year, but he was still Nelson Cruz, and that's really impressive. I would love to see him come back to the Twins. And then we, if that happens, we really won the Nelson Cruz trade because if we get Joe Ryan and then we have Nelson Cruz back next year, yeah. Oh man, that's a dumb mix. <laughs> yeah, and the the Rays did not win the World Series. Just I think that's another thing that needs to be pointed yeah. out is that not only did um could we get Nelson Cruz back, but the Rays did not do what they wanted to. Um and they lost out on two guys, Joe Ryan and Drew Stratman. And it would just be awesome to have Nelson Cruz back. Like you said, um, for his Clemente award winning personality and what he does off the field, but also that bat is not bad. Yeah, that reminds me of a funny tweet I saw from at Oriole Fan Problems on Twitter. Um, it's a funny Orioles fan account, but they posted um, ALE summary. New York Yankees did not win World Series. Tampa Bay Rays did not win World Series. Boston Red Sox did not win World Series. T- Toronto Blue Jays did not win World Series. Uh, Baltimore Orioles did not win World Series and have number one pick in next year's draft. <laughs> and I was like, nice. Like, that's the thing is, like, we didn't win the World Series, um, but neither did the Rays. We ended up with Joe Ryan out of it. So I'd say successful. Yeah, I mean, like, exactly. obviously we would have rather made the playoffs and, like, had a run at the World Series. But overall, in the end, there's only one team that wins the World Series every year, and our ultimate goal is just do that at some point. Though for me right now, the ultimate goal is just a single playoff win. Just like that would make me really happy. I turned 17 in a week, and I haven't seen a single one ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, Twins. Really, guys? <laughs> Since the Twins won the World Series 30 years ago, Minnesota sports teams have played, like, 100 – Minnesota men's sports teams have played, like, 150 seasons and not won a single title. And won, like, a total of, like, seven playoff games in that time. All of the Minnesota men's sports teams combined. It's crazy. We just I – don't, I don't get it, Max. I don't get it. Love-hate relationship with Minnesota sports, man. I swear. These twins are so hard to hate, but they're so hard to love sometimes, too. <laughs> and to next year, they will be so hard to hate for everybody because they're winning the World Series. Not only one playoff game. But, again, one playoff game, I'd be super happy, especially after this year. And I'm scheduling the parade one year from today, yeah. downtown Minneapolis. <laughs> be there. Yeah, be there. Be square. Um, unfortunately, um, like you said, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There are a bunch of different guys um, who, while, you, while, while you're right, the reliever 
Um, list is not stacked this year. I mean, I, there are some guys that I could see on on uh, the Twins um, next year, and same with on the rotation and throughout the lineup. But I think pitching, me and Malcolm and all of you can probably all agree, pitching is what needs help. Pitching is our problem. It was our problem this past year. It was our problem in 2019. We had a really crazy year in 2020, and I'm not going to take – I don't think that should hold too much water. I don't think you should say Kenta Maeda is going to return to his 2020 form and, like, bet on that or anything because it's, like, impossible to do. Um, but, yeah, I uh, – overall, the Twins have a lot of work to do this offseason, and let's get to – you know, let's get to work on that. Yeah, um, I do want to say, Max, we've been talking about this, like, the Twins are planning to contend next year, which is how I see – I think they should do that. I think the White Sox aren't as good as some people think. I think that they just like totally – they are bringing back Tony Russo as their manager, which is a terrible decision. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. That's they're stupid. screwing a bunch of talented players over. But uh, to be honest, I don't buy the White Sox pitching staff as much as many people do. I think that this is a very winnable division next year. The Tigers are on the rise, but I don't think they're quite there yet. They're still a couple of years away. Um, Royals, kind of the same thing, but I don't think they'll ever get as good as Tigers are going to get in a couple of years. But the window's still open for the Twins. Like, it was a rough year this year, but this winning window is still open for another year or so. But it's not going to be open that much longer. Losing Maida hurts. Our pitch staff isn't going to be great. And not having Brios obviously sucks. But this team could also be really, really good next year. And yeah. just the offense could be really, really good. And if we can piece together just enough pitching, this is a very winnable division. And once he gets playoffs, as we've seen for Eddie Rosario, anything can happen. Anyone can get hot for a couple weeks, and all of a sudden – you win the World Series. Like, I just feel like – I say we go for it and contend, but what do you think the chances are that the Twins' strategy is to tear it down? We trade Byron Buxton, and we trade away Josh Donaldson and go get stockpile draft picks and prospects, um, and then you can't trade for draft picks in the MLB. But, like, go get a lot of young prospects and just tear it down and start over in four years. Do you think that's going to happen, Max? And if so, what's your reaction to that? Well – I think you know what my reaction would be, and for all for all you fans out there, uh, it would not be too pleasant. I don't think yours would either, Malcolm. I uh, there there's a lot of questions with this team going into next year, a lot of doubts certainly going into next year, um, but there is some hope, um, and that's why I think getting rid of Bucks and I do not agree. I I'm never going to agree with that. I'm very biased take, no matter what. I'm not saying this is a biased take right now, but I do not think the Twins should get rid of Byron Bucks, and he's a building block. A building block. I know we're going to have to pay him a lot of money, but a building block is usually a guy who you're going to pay big bucks. And I think bucks, it's buck, but whatever, you know, it was a stretch. Anyways, um, he deserves that. I really do. Um, he's such a valuable player. And every year, year after year, we're like, please, if you could just stay on the field, I think this or that will happen. And he had the highest one on the team. And he was he was in there for like 60, 70 games. So um, overall, I think keeping Byron Bucks is a must – and I think if the Twins can just please be a little aggressive this offseason, I know I'm not saying we should go get Carlos Correa and, like, Kenley Jansen and, like, Max Scherzer or something out of free agency. I'm just saying get some guys that are going to give you a contending team, see what works, see what doesn't, and go from there. Have, enough, like, a really aggressive trade deadline. Progress your players. Just try to get back on track because I don't want to go into another rebuild. We already did that. And then we're finally good in like 2019, got out in the first round. I don't want to start another rebuild. That's just as a fan, as on the team, I don't know what they're thinking, but as a fan, starting a rebuild out of this very potentially talented team is stupid. What are your thoughts, Muffin? I'm 100% on your side. As a fan, please don't tear it down because next year is my last year, my last full twin season where I'm in Minnesota for a few for a while now because um, we're going to go off to college, Max. And, like, if there's a World Series parade, I'll fly in for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, like, I don't want to have the Twins finally win the World Series when I'm not in Minnesota surrounded by Twins fans. I want to do it next year while I'm here. And, like, that's obviously, like, personal. But, like, the thing is for Twins fans, it's been a decade of failure. I mean, like, 20 – after 2010, we tore it down in 2011. And we weren't – we made the wild-trade game in 2017, a rough year in 2018. We basically weren't good again until 2018. We went through eight years of struggles. We got one playoff game in that time. That was a wild card game against the Yankees that we lost in a blowout. So it was just like we went through all that. And then 2019 was like we set the home run record like, all right, here we go. This is the team. This is the core. We're going to do this. 2020 was a weird season. Lots of weird stuff happened. And 
we lost to a below 500 team in the first round of the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, this year happened, everything fell apart. And I'm just not ready to be done with this core yet because I love these guys so much. And they're the team that, like, we waited our whole childhood. Just, like, we tore it down and built up this team from the time they were, like, 16. We were signing Kepler and Polanco. We signed in, like, 2014. And I'm just not ready to see them go yet because we waited for so long for this team to get their chance. And they still haven't won a playoff game. So you just can't yeah. rip it apart. And I know that, like, maybe that's the right baseball decision. We're, I'd like to think we're pretty smart baseball people, Max. We care about the numbers and the stats and the probabilities, but we're also, at the heart of it, we're baseball fans. And we love this team so much. I just want to see them get a chance to be awesome. Exactly. Uh, well put. And, and something else, too, is, is Minnesota needs some of that. I mean, Minnesota is going through it right now. You know, the past few years, it's just, it's just been tough and tough and tough and tougher and toughest. Um, and the Twins may not be the most popular team in Minnesota, but if we can get a World Series or something and just everybody comes together, you know, hypes up the Twins, and finally that you just some successful Minnesota baseball with a, just with a playoff win. I want one playoff stinking win. That's all I'm, I'm throwing a parade if we win a single playoff game. Yeah. So putting together a parade, <laughs> driving down the streets, getting the team to drive around town in a caravan. Oh, man. Confetti. That would, that would be awesome. We would, we would, I don't even, we'll just, you'll see that reaction when it happens, but we will love it. Um, And again, it's something where, like, since me and Malcolm were little kids, we've been talking about the Twins. We've been loving the Twins. I'm not saying this podcast started when we were six. We weren't like, yeah, well, Buxton's, like, pre-arbitration eligible. Oh, man, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we started like this, that, Max. You know, this David Ortiz can really be awesome for us, you know? You know, we weren't saying that when it happened. But, uh, yeah, the Twins certainly were – they've always been on our mind. And we've been such big fans for so long. And especially over the past few years – got really into it again starting making this podcast and to see them just up with another rebuild would be so crushing just knowing 2021 won't 2021 won't be successful 2022 probably not 2023 we'll see it just we might be a 500 team in 2023 and by, by then you're saying me and Malcolm will be out of college and the twins will still be, you know, rebuilding it. And that's just not what we want. I don't um, think you got the years exactly right there, Max, but I appreciate the sentiments. 2020 okay shut up <laughs> he's coming for the guy who claimed really the podcast that he was quote and i quote always right of course i said that too as i was saying the wrong thing but we're ignoring that i said that and pointing out the fact that max is completely wrong here <laughs> you get the point the sentiment like you said was there we'll have our our senior year and then four years or however many years in college and the twins will still be rebuilding that's what I'm going to leave it at 20. Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm no. Uh, <laughs> I think this, this is a sign that we should be wrapping this up. Um, we're really hungry. It's a, a late dinner now. And I think we're going to uh, wrap this episode here in a second. You got any closing thoughts, Max? <sighs> go Twins. As always, go Twins. Um, also, extend Byron Buxton, please. Yes. He's, oh, uh, next year's his last year with the Twins. We don't extend him. The amount of talent that guy has, extend him, please. Just keep him with the Twins forever. Um, He's really frustrating, but he's so, so, so good. Um, but anyways, we'll be back next week. I think we're going to get into some specific um, free agency previews. Um, we'll try to decide whether to do offense um, or pitching first. Um, we might put out a poll on our Instagram to decide um, which one of those we'll do next week, which one we'll do the week after. Um, we say next week. It could very well be a month. But we are really going to try to do it weekly now over the offseason. This is generally our less busy period, I would say. It'll yeah. still be certainly be busy, but hopefully a little bit less so. We'll try to get some episodes out to you guys and get more engaged on social media and stuff. Um, or you can find that on Instagram at Bomba underscore breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. We're on Twitter at Bomba Breakdown. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, thanks for some on Breakdown.